Recording from Title One Studio in Sandy, Utah. Welcome to another episode of Idiot to Genius. I'm Steph Scholl. And I'm Todd Porter. Each episode focuses on individuals that found themselves desiring more. If you're feeling like an idiot, join the club. Make sure to subscribe so you can hear examples of how common everyday people utilize their individual right to life, liberty, and property to break out of mediocrity and to prosper. Hello, everyone. We are doing something different today. This is our first episode that we will be doing of this series that's a monthly real estate market update. So for all of you that are obsessed with real estate or those of you that are just looking to catch up on the latest, you're in the right place. And we have two amazing people with us. We have Todd. You guys know Todd. Utah Todd. Utah Todd from exp realty and then we have aaron butler a loan officer at academy mortgage and here's the thing between the two of these guys they have over 50 years of experience do we have to say it that way (laughs) no that's a good thing you guys know your stuff so on the lending and as a real estate agent you guys know your stuff to start i want to know a lot of people they're waiting for the bottom to to fall out they're waiting for it to drop I want your guys' opinions on what do you think is going to happen. This is just your opinion. I know we don't have a magic ball. I like that little aspect. Yeah, yeah. just your opinion. So, Aaron? The the market is completely different than it was from 2008. You've just got such a backlog of people wanting to buy houses. Honestly, think about it. You have 350-something million people in the United States, 330-something million. Uh, We've got 500-something houses on the market right now in the United States. So there's such a shortage and backlog of people trying to buy. And then you have all the other parts of good credit. What is it? The average loan to value on a house is about 50-something percent now, whereas back then it was 80-something percent. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, the, repeat Stop that. me. Yeah. It's important to know. So back then during the, that crash, you only had loan to value average across America. In 2008? America. Is that what yes. we're talking about? Okay. 85 per, 82%. Uh, loan to whereas now you're at 52 percent loan to value meaning so many people have so much more equity across the board okay that there's no chance of them seeing a run on houses of having to foreclose and sell because they've got so much equity that's a really interesting point right there that's a big difference from the 80 percent to 50 percent. yeah and think about it someone loses their job or there's something they're not as in big a harm's way because they could get a home equity line of credit they could have some type of backup. Uh, there's also more savings too, but it's a whole nother story. Okay. What's your thoughts on that, Todd? The, uh, we're somewhat in agreement on this as far as the bottom's not going to be dropping out. The, the, the inventory, in other words, number of homes that are on the market is low versus the demand. It's, there's just so much demand. And he mentioned about the United States across the, in, the United States and Utah, between Utah and Idaho, they keep changing positions as the number one growth yeah. state in the nation. So when you take that whole idea of low inventory nationwide, in other words, low number of homes available nationwide, it's exacerbated in Utah in a major kind of way. We, we figured that before the interest rates were going up, we had about 100,000 unit shortage. Since the, the interest rates have gone up, and we say a shortage, that's not just people that want to buy, it's people that are able to buy. They're able to buy a home. They're looking to buy. They just can't find the home that they want to move into, mm-hmm. that they want to purchase. 
And so that has now dropped because of the interest rates being higher. There's some people that have fallen out of the market and have not been able to buy, but we're still probably around 40,000 units short. Mm -hmm. And anytime you have, if it was 10 units short, anytime you have a shortage in the supply, it's economics 101 mm -hmm. that, that the values are going to keep going up at a much slower rate, obviously. The values aren't going up as fast as they were, but they're still going up. And right now, it's just, no, the bottom's not going to be dropping out anytime soon. There's about six reports left, Zillow, Case Shiller, but they're all roughly, say, 6 to 8% increase for the year. Yeah. So you're still seeing an appreciation in the market. Okay, so that leads into my next question, which is I, I hear a rumor that rates dropped a little bit. They um, did. So what do you guys foresee happening in this next quarter, in your opinion? In my opinion, and he'll be able to expound on this even in more greater detail, but rates are going to keep going down. They're going to they're, they're keep dropping for multiple reasons. One is the inflation has been subdued. It's been it's decreased. Second, it's an election year. When it's an election year, they want to make things look good for the economy and so forth. And so this next year, we're going to see if, if, if next quarter we're, we're going to see interest rates continue to go down. What, what do you think, Aaron? Especially if you see just starting off tomorrow with the jobs report, you want to see a certain amount of weakness in the jobs market, and that alone will help with the inflation numbers. So that way, in turn, will help them lower the rates. But the main thing is Fed meeting probably through March. I saw this economist a few weeks ago that March would be the key key end of first quarter where you'll see a the, the Fed meeting where they'll actually start dropping. That was his prediction. Isn't that crazy that it's like for rates, people have to lose their jobs for them to... Unfortunately, that's part of inflation is supply. And so just in demand of the economy moving forward, and it's the number one thing that can slow down the market is, is, the... is housing. Okay. Well, well, something to understand. As I've been out there talking to people, a lot of people don't, don't understand or, or I think it'd be helpful for them to realize all inflation is is too much money in the economy versus the number of goods available to purchase. Mm -hmm. So once you have too much money, more money than there are goods to purchase, that's when you have an inflationary cycle. The number one thing that causes inflation, there's only one entity that can cause inflation and it's government. That's the only, that's the only entity that can cause inflation. Anything else, somebody going out and starting a business, they bring to the table products and services that are in balance with the supply of money. So they're constantly balancing it out. The only way that can be disrupted is to have money brought in that no goods or services are brought to the table. Government brings nothing to the table, but they print the money, digitize the money, however you want to put it. They provide the money. They put the, the currency into, into the circulation. That's what creates inflation. So are you meaning like in 2020, the stimulus checks? Stimulus checks, anytime you have government, that, that, that was one, but anytime that they add to the money supply, they are creating an inflationary cycle. So if we see inflation, there's only one place that you can look at for it. It doesn't matter what your politician says, it is flat out a government. Do you agree with what I'm saying? For the most part, yeah. We had COVID, they had to do something. And so you have all this money coming into the market, it's just going to have that that effect 
You said for the most part. I want to hear, because this is something that you don't have to have the same thing in. No. What's the part that you don't agree with? Oh, I wouldn't say I disagree. Just yeah, okay. To, to espouse that, because I always hear this from the economists, is you, and I jokingly tell my friends, quit buying things. The, the economy is so hot. People are buying products, cars, housing. Taylor Swift's whole summer. <laughs> I, did not, I did not go, and I have not seen the movie yet, but apparently I have to. <laughs> but that's the thing. I jokingly tell them, I quit buying, because every time the, the Fed sees these numbers on, that are hot because of all those increases, that that is a sign that inflation is still going. Mm. And so as soon as you see a slowing of the economy, that is helping him now. And that's where we're at now, finally. But that's what's been going on this whole year, is that the market was still hot. We think, no matter what you think about politics as well, that Biden has a lot of negatives, whatever, but the economy is still extremely strong. And so it's a whole dichotomy of, okay, the strong economy with inflation, and how do you get rid of the inflation? Well, you have to slow the economy down. And so that's what the rates, that was the main tool in his chest was the rates. Speaking of that, wh what do you think about deflation? Because we're, we're now curving inflation. What do you think the odds are that we're going to go into deflation? I, it, I just want the feds to calm down and land the plane. Wait, wait, <laughs> like, deflation is like going into the negatives then? Explain. Deflation is the worst, most challenging economic situation you can really be in. Do you agree with me? Yeah, I say we haven't really seen it. T Tokyo, I wrote Japan, has seen that back in, I think, the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully they're intelligent enough now. They were a little hawkish. That's a whole well, we even too. saw it to a certain degree during the 80s for a short yeah. period of time. Yeah, in the, but in Japan the was stuck in it for a while. So it's, that's just everything's so expensive. No, it's nothing has value. Everything's uh, lost value. Everything's lost value. Yeah, like from your house to your car to yeah, there's there's yeah, and I haven't seen any of the economists say anything towards that that effect as far as the on the housing and the residential side of things or Goldman Sachs following them and NBC and CNBC, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I've not seen any signs of, of that or a worry of that. I think they just need to be able to, they don't need to be hawkish anymore. They need to have a soft landing now and land the plane and quit raising rates. So with this, I just was recently a first-time buyer. And oh, congratulations. Think, well, it was two years ago, so I still feel well, like well, it's recent. Yeah, but how many, <laughs> how much appreciation have you had on that house uh, yeah, in two I, years? So here's the thing is I got in when COVID had just happened and everyone stopped for yeah. a second. And people thought I was crazy, but I'm grateful for that that little blip of time. But first-time buyers, I really feel for them because before that, I had a lot of housing heartbreak. It was super hard. Mm -hmm. The cash offers. So what do you guys foresee for first-time buyers? Like, do you think that it's going to be easier for them or do you think they're going to get back? It'd be easier right now if they shopped right now and bought right now Okay, because you Explain have all that. these easy. So. Everyone's on the fence because of these high rates. Uh -huh. and, and let me preface this with saying if it's within their budget. Yeah, so if it's yeah. within their budget to buy now, because we know the appreciation's high, but with the high rates, it's harder to afford you know, the house. But if they can afford it right now, this is the time to jump in because you don't have all this competition. You have so many people sitting on the fence waiting for these rates to drop. That's all over the market. What's going to happen when the rates drop? But then you're going to see multiple offer situations. You're going to have all these buyers come in. And as soon as you have that inflow, then the multiple offers are going to start, and then you're going to see appreciation just in the middle of of the transaction, meaning multiple offers with the contracts. Yeah. Just as you were a contrarian, 
People thought you were crazy to be buying. Yeah. Nobody else was buying, and you pulled the trigger. Were, were you nervous about that? No, because I have been doing these podcasts, and so I knew nope. <laughs> that experts, they said that real estate is the best investment. So I was like, oh, we'll just it, go. It, it is, and it always has been, and it always will be one of the best investments you can possibly do. As, as, it's, as they stated, there's only so much land on this planet, and they're not making any more of it. And so from a supply-demand standpoint of view, buy it, get it. But, the, but when, when it comes down to, the, as, it, as far as being a contrarian, when, when, when everybody, whatever the majority of the people are doing, you know that's not the right way to go. You always have to remember that. Whatever the majority is doing, don't do that. Um, you have to figure out what you're going to do, but don't do whatever the majority is doing. And so when people put on the brakes, like they have been this, my daughter just bought and, and, she, and she wasn't going to. She came to me and said, hey, dad, I, I told her she graduated from college, got her degree, she's a nurse. And, okay. and, and she said, uh, she, I said, what do I do now? I said, you buy a house. And she said, no way, I'm not buying a house <laughs> with the interest rates being the way they are. I said, no, no, that's why you buy the house is because right now you're not going to be in a multiple offer situation. And then what will happen is you're going to buy at a relatively good price because of the interest rates being as high as they are. You can negotiate. You have room to negotiate. You don't need to go in and make, make an offer immediately and offer 10, 20, 30, 40 grand above list. You can actually negotiate on the deal. Then once you lock in those terms, so you buy the house, you have those terms, as interest rates start to come down, she can refinance. And while everybody else is out there, the people that didn't buy during this slow time, they're going to be out there dealing with multiple offers. They're going to be out there dealing with all the mayhem that mm -hmm. we've seen in the last few years. And she'll just be sitting in her five-bedroom, two-bath house getting the rate reduced through refinancing. And the, the, the flip side of that is how much appreciation is she gaining? As we, well, I discussed earlier, you're seeing a between five and 8% increase for this year. And this is after we had the market correction in the first quarter, well, what's another 10%. So on a $500,000 house, that's $50,000 that she's going to be mm -hmm. gaining over the next 12 to 18 months yeah. in appreciation because she didn't sit on the fence and you did too. But you also look at that, too, that if that's $50,000, that's a hard to save for that next payment if you're waiting. Oh, I've that's seen a so lot. Many, yeah, I've seen so many times people want to save into their, their uh -huh. to purchase a home, that kind of thing. Or they want to pay off their student loans mm -hmm. before they pull the trigger. Even though they can qualify, even though they can fit it into their budget and everything else, they're going, no, no, I want to get debt free before I buy the house. Mm -hmm. My personal experience and... I, I'm open to your opinion on it, but I think that's a big mistake, big mistake, because the market is leaving you behind. The gap between yep. where you stand and where the value of the properties are going is extending when you are not in ownership of real estate. 100%. So with that, I like how you said if they can't qualify and if you don't have yeah, money. Yeah, if you can't qualify. <laughs> but right now, many people don't realize that they qualify and they don't need the down payment. We have loan products that are zero down. There's Utah housing, other programs where you can get into a house without any money out of pocket, maybe a thousand bucks. And so people, I have people still coming to me. So it's still not known out there that they think they need 20% down and they don't. Yeah. No, it happens all the time. The, the, the key to the whole thing of, of, of learning it, the key is don't take what you're getting from either 
uncle or or people that are not in the market, people that aren't in the real estate ask industry. Ask Ask the <laughs> experts. Go sit down with an expert. And here's the fascinating part about it. Even if they can't qualify right now, okay, for the sake of discussion, let's say they can't qualify right now. Once you set that as a goal, the expert can be standing next to you and can be going over everything with you. And somebody like Aaron will go through your credit, your credit report. Help them with credit, improve scores. So they'll get a better interest rate by the time they actually are ready. We'll help them improve their credit. Right. Credit FICO scores have such a huge uh, effect on the rate. So every 20 points. So if you have 700, 720, 740. So if I get a client like 695, then we literally send them through our credit analysis and try to get them to bump up to that next level by the time we close. So have you had just lots of experiences with people like that? that oh, every day. That's kind of that's well, like just probably my most rewarding part of my job is yeah. finding a first-time home buyer and getting them into a house. It, it, this whole other podcast is mortgage insurance. Mortgage insurance is not a bad guy. It's not. If you can get into a house and start creating that equity and that, get that appreciation, why not do it with 5% down? instead of waiting to get to that 20% where you don't have mortgage insurance. Exactly. Yeah. And, and correct, again, I'm way open to it, but what I've seen people do is once they make that decision, I'm going to buy a house and doesn't really matter what their situation is. I've seen people right out of bankruptcy, be able to within a year purchase a home. Have you really? heard of the vision board or a particular activator? So a vision board is just something you put at the yeah, yeah. forefront of your mind. A particular uh -huh. activator is you bought a white Volvo station wagon. What are you going to see on the road for the next week? A white Volvo uh -huh. station wagon because it's top of mind. And so if you get them that, get it as part of their goal and their focus, they're going to, okay, they'll st stop having the Starbucks and going out to eat all the time. They'll have the top ramen for a month, mm -hmm. <laughs> pay off right. that credit card. There's all these little things that they can do that um, once they get it, they, they wrap around their head that they can do it. Oh, this is accomplishable. We can do this within a year. They got their minds to it and they'll do it. Well, two things you guys just said really stood out to me when you put the percentage into actual dollars of the appreciation. I'm like, mm -hmm. holy cow, that's, right? that's a lot of money. Right. I just don't, I think you hear like five to, was it five to 8% or whatever? You hear that and it's five like- Five to 8% between the six, six different- And you're like, oh, that's, that is a little bit, but not that much. But when you were talking about the numbers that it could be, I was like, whoa. Say mortgage insurance, people are waiting for 20% down. If you got 5, 10, or 15% down, that allows you to get into the house. Yeah. Your mortgage insurance is probably between average 80 bucks to $150. If you're going to gain $25,000 in equity within a year, why would you wait? You know, why do you worry about having to pay, say, $150 in mortgage insurance? That is a key point right there. I mean, you're going to pay yourself back and <laughs> Mic fold. drop right there. Yeah. I yes. love that. Yes. Well, you sharing that and then Todd, you talking about you saw someone that was bankrupt that then got a house a year later. Like, I think that a lot of times people, you guys talked earlier about experts and stuff. Especially if it's a medical uh, bankruptcy. Yes. Oh, really? Some things, yeah. And yeah. That's what ours, this one was. Yeah. And... I think that people just, financing is such an embarrassing thing of oh, my credit or my debt. And so to hear these stories is no. So if you're listening and you're you're afraid to go figure out what your credit <laughs> is and how to improve it, stop. Just call call an expert. <laughs> yeah. They'll guide you. And there's no judgment. Yeah. No judgment whatsoever. We all have, everybody has the story, has the garbage, whatever. We, we don't really care what happened or how it happened. It's what do you want to achieve? That's what we're all about. That's what experts are all about. What do you want to achieve? Where, where do you want to go? 
What do you want to get done? And we will help you get there. We lived and worked through 2008. So I've helped people <laughs> with bankruptcies and foreclosures <laughs> and a huge percentage of past clientele. And it's rewarding to see how far they've come after they've gotten out of those situations. Brings up an excellent point. Do, do you know people as well that basically, because of what they experienced, they had a negative experience in mm -hmm. regard to their credit or whatever. Maybe, maybe they lost a house, they were foreclosed on, yes. that kind of thing. And they left the market. They said, I I'm not going there. Versus people that just took it as a hit and then buckled down and said, yep. I am going to get right back in the market in short or as fast as I possibly can, I'm getting back in the market. You have both of those as far as uh, people in your life? Yeah. And, and you got and the 100% positive person that is just pulls their boots up and just gets back at it. And then you have the mm -hmm. other person that shies away and just, they don't ever want to deal with that negative situation again. And I feel for them. I had clients crying on my ear literally during those, that time period. They'd mm -hmm. call me up and what do I do? I lost my job. And you have to help guide them, or I want to help guide them through that. And the most efficient way you can guide them through it is just asking those questions and getting them answered. It's like actually just hitting it. And which one's Try not to cuss. better off? Um, nail on the head. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and which one's better off? I mean, when, when it comes oh, by to far, that. it's you just pull the bootstraps back up and get on it because get back on the horse and get back into the housing market. Because if you bought a house in 2010, 12, or 13 after the crisis was being handled, mm -hmm. that, was, that was huge. You know, how many people do we know that didn't get back on and for 10 years? And they're still afraid because they, they're now in the mindset of, oh, I need 20% down. I have to have equity. Like, no, 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 no. Get Plus back they've on seen the these values go through the roof. And, and they're now like, they I feel like they can afford it. Yes. 250000 10 years ago. And now it's a yeah. $400,000 house. And... Shoulda, coulda, woulda. Yeah. yeah. And they're focused in that shoulda, coulda, woulda. Yeah. That's a, those are swear words. I have a friend, I've read it that he's purchased six condominiums over the last six years. Uh -huh. One year. And you know, we always have our friend that is encouraging you or getting you to go outside yeah. the box. And he's one of them. Like, oh, why didn't I do that? Why didn't I do that? And you can't, it's not good to think that way other than for a little friendly competition and to, for motivation maybe. Yeah. I, in wrapping it, this up, my actual, my last question was, when is a good time to buy? But it's, you guys have answered this. So my last question that I want for you guys is for people in whatever situation, maybe they're a first time buyer. Maybe they have their house, but they're crammed and they're wanting to upgrade. Maybe they're wanting to get their first investment property or something else. What your last words for them about the market right now, if we're in December 2023, what do you want them to know? Get pre-approved. Go through the process. It shouldn't take more than an hour with any loan officer and just kind of go through the process and see what they need to do whether they want to do it right away or find out that they can do it right away or no, let's hold off. We got to be within a budget. Let's hold off three, six, nine months. At least get prepared because it doesn't hurt. And that's our job. That's what we want to do. It yeah. keeps me busy. <laughs> and that is fundamental is go in and get pre-approved. Find out where you're at. A lot of people think that they are, that they're holding on to the rate. So they're sitting there looking at 3% versus 7% if they buy now. What they're not taking into account is the equity they have. That if that house is not working for you, go meet with a professional, find out the big picture of what's going on relative to what you want to buy, what property you want to buy, whether it's downsizing, upsizing, whatever. The house that is going to work for you, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised at the small difference there will be in your monthly payment between what you're paying now and what you pay in the home that you actually want to live in. Why 
not live the life you want to live, where you want to live, mm -hmm. instead of suffering in the current situation that you're in. We have so many people living in parents' basements that are mm -hmm. still left over from COVID that are still trying to get out there and get on the, on the bandwagon of buying a house. So there's just a lot of people. Yeah. And I, as I'm sitting here, I'm realizing that it has been, I, I started looking for my first place. I got went to my lender in um, December of 2018. Wow. Okay. And I remember crying the night before because I thought it was something that I should be doing with my husband. And I think that there's, and I was single and I was like, how am I going to do this? And I think that there are so many obstacles for people and you guys have touched on these. And so the whole point of this episode for you listeners is to give you a little bit of hope. And Aaron said, go see what you can get a pre-approved pre for. And if you can't. It's shocking. You're like, like okay. If your credit is in the dumpster, <laughs> he'll help you. Yeah. And so we just hope that this episode can be that catalyst to get you moving. Because I'm so grateful that even though I was scared um, all those years ago, I'm grateful that I got moving. And it took me a while before I found my, my place. But get that momentum going and it will be worth it in the end. Your future self will thank you. To all our listeners out there, remember you get to choose your title company. So remember, there's a reason why there's a one in our title. <laughs> <laughs>